What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 5 of the Steam Deck Podcast, Flip Screen Games' weekly podcast all about Valve's hot new handheld, the Steam Deck. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my partner in debauchery, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Steve. How are you doing? I'm, I'm in mourning. I'm as close to black as I can be, but you know. I'm I'm getting through it. Yeah, because your Steam Deck is still gone, right? That's why. Exactly. That's the only tragedy that's taken place in your life. Yeah, whatsoever. The only thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it's a tough one. I know. Uh, you. you, It's been over a week now without your Steam Deck because you had to send it back to Valve for uh, there was a a trackpad issue, right? Yeah. So we might we might get into it a little bit back half of this show, but I don't think so. Probably talk about it when it comes back. But yeah, I had a slight trackpad issue. It's been gone like ten days now. Um. So. Been it been a good while that I've been missing it. I, I really miss it. It's funny because you know I'm sure, like you said, we'll either get into it on the back half of this episode, or we'll probably more likely talk about it next week once everything's kind of settled. But um, it's very interesting how your experience seems to be both uh, like uh, indictment seems like a hard word or a harsh word, right? But like it was a it was a somewhat frustrating experience to send it in, and like it took a while and everything. But the fact that you miss it as much as you do, right? It's like it's both like a critique of how long the process takes, but a ringing endorsement of how great the Steam Deck is. That you're like, shit, I gotta go seven days without this thing. Fuck, like. <laughs> yeah, I'm also well aware that um, my Steam Deck initially came from Europe, so it probably got sent back to Europe for a repair. I don't know if they have like a UK repair center or distributor here for uh, RMAs, but I would imagine it got picked up from my house sent to like a UK distribution center and then sent back to the Netherlands where it shipped from initially. So considering um, things like Brexit and customs and getting across borders and things like that, seven days for it to arrive at Steam wasn't that that bad. No, no, not really. It's a lot of hoops for it to jump through for sure. Um, But yeah, like like we said, we'll we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, at some point. But we've got uh, uh, got a fun episode for you this week. We got a question uh, here written in all about, um, basically, if you are somebody who hasn't yet gotten a Steam Deck, right, you're maybe thinking about making the purchase, or maybe you just got your Steam Deck, we're going to talk a little bit about the three variations of the the console, which one we'd recommend, as well as other kind of accessories, um, settings, and, and like tweaks and things to consider when you're kind of getting the ball rolling. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping this can be kind of like a nice little ultimate starter guide for, for somebody who's fresh. And if you listeners, uh, already have a steam deck and you feel like there's something maybe that we missed or, you know, an accessory that you're really getting a lot of mileage out of, um, I'd love to hear about it, you know, cause of course, you know, being early days here, uh, in the steam deck, you know, uh, life cycle, there's so much that, you know, it's like new stuff's getting figured out every day, right. Or every week. So um definitely definitely make sure you write in and let us know if you feel like there's anything from this quote-unquote ultimate guide that we missed and we'll have to do an update at some point but uh before we get into all that let me remind you that the steam deck podcast is brought to you by our patreon producers for the month of september they are of course christian oliveria christopher valenz gabriel hasselmeyer aka sobi mary berry wakahula and zade Ida. thank you all so much for your support over on patreon.com slash flip screen games y'all keep this fine program and all of our wonderful sister shows running and we greatly appreciate you thank you for being the realest to the real if you want to go and show your support just like they did get your name read on the 
air. Get early access to this and our sister shows. Get exclusive access to our Patreon exclusive podcast. One more thing. Head over to that Patreon and show us your support however you choose to. We very much appreciate you helping us keep the mics and the lights on. Uh, if you don't have any money for us, that's all right. There's a bunch of free ways you can go get involved. Head over to flipscreen.games for links on how you can find us all over the web, including our Discord, where we've got a growing community of Steam Deck fans just like you. Uh, and it, it's just a great, fun, safe, inclusive place for you to come talk games and you know make connections with folks to play online. If you are a Nintendo fan, we're definitely going to be talking and playing a lot of Splatoon this week when Splatoon 3 drops uh, tomorrow as of the time you're or No, today, as of the time you're listening to this. So, uh, yeah, come, come be a part of the community. However you choose to get involved, we thank you for tuning in. So, uh, speaking of the community, this question came from our Discord from one Andy Rads who wrote in and said, Looking on the Steam website, there are three variations of the Steam Deck. Which one would you recommend? So we wanted to, like I said, take this as an opportunity to talk a little bit about the different models and kind of give our, our thoughts on that, but also to talk about kind of any accessories that we think are worth picking up, you know, which ones we've got, you know, um, things that we've done to make our experience on Steam Deck more optimal and, you know, kind of just like a, a good, if, if you're trying to just get it right out of the box and where do you go from here, I'm hoping this episode can be a, a tool for you. Yeah, so I think uh, so. There's three models in the UK. They're uh, priced at three forty nine, four fifty nine, and five sixty nine. Um, so they're sixty four gigs, two fifty six gigs, or five twelve gigs. Um, and the storage varies slightly a little bit between them. So the lower end model, they hit that price point. It's a really great price point. I think three forty nine. I think it's three ninety nine in the US. Um, but it uses a slightly slower SSD. It uses eMMC instead of NVMe. Um, Based on some of the tests that people have done, uh, like places like Digital Foundry and Gamers Nexus, you can go check out their videos. They're a lot smarter than than us over here. But uh, it doesn't look like there's that big of a difference between them. And you can also just expand with a micro SD card slot. It's also worth noting if you're uh, kind of technically minded, the back case comes off. It's just held on with Phillips screws. You can just unscrew it. And the uh, the actual storage module is... Uh, socketed, so you can pull that out if you want and swap out, swap it in for a, for another one. Um, I know people have been putting one terabyte drives in here, which isn't an option that they they offer. Um, the other thing to consider, because they all come with cases out of the box, um, the more expensive model, the 512 gigabyte model, comes with a slightly nicer case, but and like a carrying pouch for the charger. Um, but I wouldn't really let that sway you. The biggest difference between that model and the others is the etched glass anti-glare screen. And I know some people really, really like it um, and other people do not. It's like a it's a preference thing. It's a definite taste thing. Um, for me, I always put screen protectors on my devices. So I've got a screen protector on my Steam Deck. Uh, I've got a screen protector on my Switch. Uh, and so for me, if I got that model the effects of that would be completely lost anyway because I'd be covering it up with a glossy screen protector regardless. As somebody who has the middle model and does not like screen protectors for that reason, um, I can say I don't personally feel like the screens... um, like needs the anti-glare in a big way like i mean you know you can kind of see mine like it certainly catches a light pretty well but like 
you know, I'm, I'm regularly playing in rooms, uh, like, like if you're watching on YouTube, you can like see from the lighting in my room, my house is exclusively overhead lighting and they're pretty, you know, high capacity bulbs. So, um, I'm regularly playing in a high light environment where I have lights directly over me. And I, I, I don't find it to be something that's detrimental to my experience. Um, I, I, I know I'm also not like the most nitpicky person when it comes to that kind of thing. But, um, you know, as somebody who like spent the money to upgrade to an OLED switch because I do like a good screen, I, I find the, the screen experience on the, the, the base model and the, the uh, 520 model or 529 model to be totally you know, satisfactory. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think for me, um, the the best bang for the buck out of all of them is the middle model, the 256 gig model. It strikes a good balance between it not being outrageously expensive at £459 or $529, and it also giving you a decent amount of storage built in to the point where you can probably get by without a micro SD card, but if you want to put one in, it's not that expensive anyway. Um, but when you factor in the fact that you've got a, you've got 64 gigabytes, you're probably going to have some OS space sucking up maybe like 4 gigs of that. You're left with 60 gigabytes. For a big AAA game, you're probably not even going to fit it onto that storage no, space no. Uh, if it's a really big game. So you're going to need to to buy a micro SD card anyway. If you're looking at like a, a 256 gig SD card, you're probably looking at $50, $60 for that anyway. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like it's worth spending the extra 100 120 uh, 20 quid to to go up a level if you can. I, I personally think that the comparison to me feels very similar to how I feel about the Xbox uh, Series S versus the X, where, like... I recognize that uh, me saying that what's what's one hundred and thirty dollars like what's the difference is like a very privileged position right to say that like a, that that amount of money was negligible enough for me so I certainly don't mean to speak for everybody but I think considering what you just pointed out that sixty four gigabytes is really not enough uh, to run almost anything. Um, I mean, again, if you're going to have just a couple small indies on it, then sure, whatever. But well, if that's your intention or if this is like an emulation machine for you, that probably is enough. And even still, to be honest, though, you're probably going to want to get a micro SD card to put all your ROMs on anyway. Yeah. Or if you've got an SD card lying around, like if you're someone who has a bunch of spares, it may be worth, you know, just picking that model up. And if you like it, you can upgrade it yourself anyway. To me, though, that's the only scenario where it makes sense is if you already have a library of these and you have an empty one that you're ready to wipe or, or format for steam deck, then great. But like, I feel like pretty much anyone who's planning on actually using the steam deck, a significant amount is going to need to expand the storage at some point and memory's not super cheap, you know? And like for you to get a decent sized memory card, you're looking at in the neighborhood of a hundred dollars anyway, unless you get it on sale. Right. So it's like to save 130 bucks to have, less storage capacity, not have the SSD. To me, it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem worth it. You know, I, I don't think the savings that you're getting uh, outweigh the advantage of the the second model. And I think similarly, I don't think you can justify buying the most expensive model. I don't think the improvements that are offered by that feel like they're worth it. Um, and I, I was looking for a comparison of the screens from, you know, somebody who is, uh, 
you know, like you said, smarter than us. And I found Tech Radar making the claim that the anti-glare coating uh, certainly reduces reflections. It's not enough of a change to justify the higher price. And that's the only significant difference, right? Is that and the... Well, that and the double the storage, right? And if, if sure. you really want all of the storage internal, you want it built in and you want it as the fast as it can be with the NVMe yeah. SSD, then that is the one to go for. Like if you know this is going to be a, a primary gaming device for you, you're going to play all of your handheld stuff on it, that might be the one and obviously if money's no object Still, that's 650 the one to go for. 650 is a yeah. lot of money that's pretty pricey i think you know I- yeah yeah it's like it's, it's it's more than the cost of a ps5 at that point and if by a hundred dollars you know like yeah, yeah that's that's that doesn't for me it was it was way too much i considered the the low-end model because it's a really great price point you know 350 or 399 it's like wow that's really compelling price but when you do consider you know i just looked up the price on amazon and on they've got a deal on at the moment but for a 512 gig ss uh, uh micro sd card for an a2 class which is what you want if you're looking for a micro sd card you want an a2 class card because it gives you the speed that you want um you're looking at 60 quid and so you're then only 50 pounds between the two and you get a lot more storage for your money between the 64 and the 256 gig, and you get the bonus that it's faster storage as well. Um, the other stuff, like the exclusive Steam community bundle and, and virtual keyboard theme, who cares? Does any is anyone buying it for those specific reasons? It just felt like it feels like an extra bullet point. Um, I don't even know no what reason. that is. Like I don't know what the Steam community profile, but like, do I have a thing I'm not aware of? <laughs> You have to so you have to redeem it. So when you get your Steam there, when you boot it up, if you go into like your profile settings, you can redeem it, and it just basically makes your profile be branded as if it's like Steam Deck, and it's really weird. I don't know why anyone would want it. I don't care. And then the keyboard theme is like there's a specific one for the only people with the 512 gig. Yeah, I looked uh, it up. It's well, not that cool. Who can get it? I it like I like the free else, one yeah. that I have instead, where it's like. All it's like neon, so neon colors. Yeah, think, yeah, the yeah. like light blue. So when I have the default, I just pick the default one and it stayed there. So yeah. I've not changed any of that. So if yeah, I think I think for the most part we're in agreement. If you can afford it, go for the middle model. If money is uh, tight, I would say if you can save up for it. But if you really can and you really want to get Steam Deck, I think the low end model is is perfectly adequate. I that's that's the one thing I would disagree on is I think if you can only afford the the base model, I would just save up. I would I would wait and save up. Um, yeah, just because I just I don't I think you're going like unless you are a. Uh, not even Steve level tinkerer, unless you're like a Ray from the community doc level tinkerer where you want to take this fucking thing apart and replace parts, which I will, I would never do. You could not pay me to do that. Um, you're going to hit a point where what you have here is going to be limiting and you're going to be frustrated by those limitations, I think. And I think the amount of effort that you're going to have to put in to upgrade it is not worth it. Um, I'd say like, I, I I genuinely would say it would be a better idea. Like if your card gets punched and it's time for you to order your Steam Deck and you've only got four hundred dollars, put it on a credit card, baby. Like pay off that last hundred and thirty bucks over like two or three months. Because like I really think the difference between the Model One and Model Two is well, a that's the big thing you've jump. got to you've got to pick up front, right? So you have to choose when you put your reservation in what right model down. you're going to go for. When you put your four pounds or your five dollars down, you've got to make the pick. 
as to which one you go for. And I think the middle one is the sensible choice for most people. And it's definitely the most popular think, one from, from what people have got from the reservation queue times. I'm wondering if uh, that'll be really interesting to see when the state of the Switch survey, or I'm sorry, the state of the Steam Deck survey is done, is I wonder what the spread is on it. Because I bet you the vast majority of people have the second model. Yeah, me too. You can also, interestingly, if you really are a tinkerer and... For some reason, you can't wait, and you wanted to get you want to get a sculpt Steam Deck from eBay. I fix it, sell all the parts for all of these, so you can go and you can buy the more expensive screen from iFixit, and you can swap it out yourself if you really want to have that screen. There you you want to upgrade it yourself in the future. That's a possibility. Same with the storage; they're selling the SSD modules, the ones that Valve use. But then you can also go get any uh, M2 drive. I think it's a twenty-two thirty socket. Um, but you want to make sure it's uh, it's single-sided, um, it's not both-sided, because otherwise it's too thick to get in there. There's a couple. Have a look on the Steam Deck subreddit. I'm sure people will direct you if you really want to get a uh, one terabyte drive. So, I I think so. So far, we're we're in agreement that Model Two is the way to go. I think we both agree that you probably need expandable storage. Um, if you plan, yeah. I think even if in the example you said of like, if you just wanted to use this thing as like an emulation machine, um, which is what I was doing with it for the first couple of weeks, I had it even months. Um, I've got to go through all of that setup again. So I actually think the first thing I'm doing when I get mine is I'm installing windows on it. Cause I want to go down that rabbit hole so I can talk about it on the really. Podcast okay. And see if we can get game pass up and running on the thing. That would be crazy. Um, I'm waiting for the Linux version, <laughs> but, um, I'm, I, well, you can dual boot, so you can dual boot if you can, if you can partition, you can actually just put windows on a micro SD card and then you can boot from the micro SD card. Then when you're done, take the micro SD card out and it'll boot back up into SteamOS and you can put another micro SD card in there. Huh. So you can then just dual boot both flavors, no issue. And, uh, away you go. So if I can get that up and running, I'll report back in a Great. few weeks. Teach me how to do it. Thanks buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing all the legwork. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, so. I, I think even in that scenario, right? Like, if you're the kind of person, if you're like me anyway, right, where you want to have like a library, right? Like, it's like, oh, I want the whole NES library. I want the whole Super Nintendo library. I want the whole PlayStation library. How how much does that even take up? Like the whole NES and SNES library. That must be like Those, two gigabytes. Not that bad. PlayStation, yeah. though, is where it starts getting bad because every game is about a gigabyte, right? So, okay. like, that's when you're like, oh, shit, okay. It's a couple of hundred, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like every generation past that, right? Like, every GameCube game is like two to three, right? And you're like, okay, like, that adds up. It yeah, adds up quickly. I thought I would be like you, but I was actually really choosy. So, I should say, one, if you want to get into emulation, we spoke about it on, I think, episode one, but I'll put a link to it in the description and in the show notes. Um, check out emudeck.com. It's the easiest way to get emulators up and running. It does all of the legwork for you. You can choose whether you want to have the folders set up onto the internal storage or onto the SD card. It creates all of the folders for every single emulator, sets all of the settings up for you with the controller configs, all of that good stuff. And you can then just uh, drag and drop all of the ROMs in. And it comes with Steam ROM Manager, so it'll add those games either into Emulation Station, which it'll put into Steam for you, or it'll add them as individual games into the library. I think I picked some of my favorite games to go into the library, and then I had like a, the rest of them I, I bunched into Emulation Station because I was like, I don't want that clogging up my library. So 
Um, I was pretty choosy with with what I put on there. I have a good amount, and I, I was still pretty choosy. Like if you look at my uh, ROM library, like on a on my hard drive on my computer versus on my Steam Deck, I kept it tighter. Where it was just like games I actively wanted to jump in and, and kick the tires on. I don't need like every licensed game that ever came to the fucking PlayStation, right? Yeah. Um, but even so, right? Like with the limited number I have, I would have filled up the sixty four gigabyte model by now. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, with the emulators alone, they probably take up around five gigs. So that's that's eaten into the storage as well. Um, every single version of Proton you download is going to take up some storage space. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, and there's another, you know, there's, there's a lot of that to take into consideration when you're picking the model. Is to like, it's the longevity, really. I guess, like, yes, sixty-four gigs might be good for you now, but as your library expands and grows, and you want to carry more games with you, do you really want to have to be going in and managing and uninstalling and reinstalling and offloading? And you know, and and granted, you can hot swap micro SD cards. So if none of that sounds annoying to you, then the sixty-four gig. Model Even that though, to, then what are you doing? You're spending all this but... money on multiple SD cards so you can hot swap and have this library. Just get the yeah. bigger one and get a one card. That is good, you know what I mean? I think you're just going to have a better experience because, like, I don't even think about storage on mine, ever, right? Like, I have a ton of space on it, you know? Oh, I've thought about it a lot. I've, I upgraded my um, micro SD card, but I'm playing very different Steve, games to you. Steve, so, you, like, the type of gamer really, it really depends. Do you know what I just bought that I can't, I, I got to do some work now, but I got a terabyte one on sale oh nice. and now i gotta just transfer all my shit over but once that's done it's like let's fucking go baby i'm now never th- I'll like, never think about it again <laughs> yeah it won't take long at all I, yeah i've i picked up a 256 gig one so between the internal and the micro sd now i've got a 512 between yeah. the two of them i was rocking a 64 in there before so it's quite a big upgrade from that and even then i can carry a good we got three or four AAA games around with how me, did you, some emulators. How did you transfer the data over? Like, did you just drag and drop it on a PC or something? Or is there like a tool I didn't you can bother. I just, I just did not bother. I just uh, put a new card in, formatted, and then I just re-downloaded the games that I had on there that I wanted I'll to I'll have keep. to see what but I have on there, because I think I have a got, bunch of my emulators. You've got your emulator yeah. things on there, right? So you are going to want to clone the drive across, yeah. yeah. Maybe I can just clone it and put it on the native drive and then put it back. I would recommend get everything, create a folder on your computer, drag everything into that folder, put the micro SD card into your Steam Deck to format it first, the new one, take that out, put it in your PC, drag everything on it, put it back in, and that should work. Cool. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you're you're in you're in the shit, and you're gonna have to uh, do it manually. But do all this shit all should, over it again. It should work. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... I do not know the name of the person or persons behind Emudeck, but they are doing God's work, and God bless them. <laughs> That's yeah. It's 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 honestly it's really great. It's, a, um, it's like I, it's incredible. It's such an incredibly easy process, and it's funny because like I remember when I got it, it, it was it, they had made it even easier than it was at launch because you had to like open every emulator and then like ah we fixed that we fixed that they just keep making it easier. We're now it's literally just like open an executable and we will do everything else for you. <laughs> like all you have one, to do is one, load in the ROMs. It's amazing. Now it, 
If you're listening to this and you don't have a Steam Deck yet, but you have one of those Android handhelds, they also have a version for those now. I saw that. That's well. awesome, right? So Come on. It's, it's at pegasus-installer.com, and it's like Emudeck for Android. So it will install everything in there, configure RetroArch, configure all the stuff. Um, I think it can work with like the 351 consoles. Um, so it's, it's worth checking out if you're interested. I know a lot of that stuff is done by the manufacturers anyway, so if you're happy with, with them, then that probably won't be um, as useful as if it would be if you got a, a Steam Deck. But I've been really happy with Emu Deck. I'm, it's probably going to be a, a day one install when I get my um, Steam Deck back. It's got to be. Another day one install, I think, has to be, for me, uh, Proton Up QT. You can get this from the Discover Store if you boot into desktop mode. And this allows you to install community versions of Proton, which are often way ahead of Valve's. And they also include some stuff that Valve can't, for legal reasons, include into their own version of Proton and make some games compatible that wouldn't otherwise be compatible. So um, there's a bunch of patented stuff related to like uh, Microsoft Windows and like media playback and things like that that they can't include in Proton. But... Being a community version and it just being lying on GitHub, they, they do include it in Proton GE. Um, and Proton Up QT is a, a GUI interface for a, a command line tool called Proton Up that lets you install and configure additional versions of Proton. So you can download Proton GE in there. Um, I think you can download Wine as well if you're using that with Lutris. Um, and it's a really, really nice tool. I highly recommend it. Um, and check out ProtonDB.com as well because it will give you a much clearer understanding of which game is compatible and which game works with Proton GE or which versions of the game are, um, or which games are, are fine with Valve's built-in versions of Proton. That's something I haven't really touched on. Like, I, I've, I, I guess I haven't really had, like, a major need for it because I haven't been trying to, like force games that have weak compatibility as much like most of the games that they're like yeah. oh this doesn't it's not compatible i launch it and just works you know so it's like oh, well great. i i needed to install it for far cry, uh, right? far cry 6 because that's not on steam so valve didn't bother to optimize any of um proton for it because they're not sending the game so why would they um, but the community did, and it worked perfectly with Proton GE. Uh, and I, I installed that through uh, Ubisoft's launcher, but I could actually install that through a bunch of other community tools. There's one called Heroic Launcher, which will allow you to install games from the Epic Games Store and GOG.com. And I think they're working on adding other storefronts, but those are the two other main ones. Now, right? how, how does Heroic work? Do you have to do that in desktop mode? Yes, so you log into desktop mode, you install Heroic through the Discover Store, um, and that will then allow you to log in to both GOG.com and to the Epic Games Store. You can add Heroic as an app to Steam and then launch it from the game mode if you want to. Or what I recommend is using another tool called Boiler. That's Boiler without an E, so B-O-I-L-R. That will import games that you've downloaded through Heroic directly into Steam uh, and it will add all of the artwork, it will configure everything for you exactly as it would be if it was a Steam game. And it's just a one-click thing, similar to the Steam ROM manager. Um, and so if you downloaded a game through is that the new? Game Store... 
uh, I think it's a, a month or so old now. Okay. Have you used that one much? Because I remember when I have you, used it. When you were yeah, doing the, the third-party stuff, I, I felt like you had to launch it through desktop. No. So I've got um, four guys working through Boiler downloaded from the Epic Games. Wow. Um, so it, it works It works just fine. There's a couple of DLLs you need to move around to get four guys to work. Uh, the only difficulty is with all of those games, and four guys in particular really highlights it because it's a multiplayer game, is you've got to go back to desktop mode to update them because you've got to update them through the launcher, through Heroic Games uh-huh. launcher, uh, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. But... Uh, if it's a single-player game, it doesn't really matter because you're going to be able to play it anyway. You don't need to constantly update it. So, Or if it's like an older game, like an older title from GOG.com that's not going to update all the time, then install it through Heroic um, or install it through, like, directly. You can, like, download the Epic Games um, installer. You can download the Uplay installer, all of those things. Uh, and Boiler will find all of these things. You just point it at the games and you just select them, it will find all of the artwork on Steam Grid um, and pull it all in Damn, with I'll, all the metadata. I have to give that a it's shot. Amazing. Yeah. Because that well was something... Worth a try. I remember there was like a big sale on the Epic Game Store a while back and we were like thinking about, oh, can, like, is there any games you want to grab? And it's like, I don't want to go through the trouble of like launching them and all that bullshit. So like I, I kind of have like moved I, away see, from I, that. I've been, pick, I've been picking up all of the epic game store free games so uh-huh. i've got like a quite a collection so i might jump in and download something like prey when my um, steam deck gets back because i really want to finish that game um i got about halfway and it would be great to to pick it back up but this is the kind of game where i forget where i am i forget what i was doing so i kind of want to start it over anyway yeah um so i might i might end up doing that um but yeah check out boiler if you're interested in playing games from outside of the the uh, steam uh, library and heroic i think will cover the two main stores and if you want to go further afield then there are a bunch of guides online but for the most part i think day one you're probably going to stick on the steam store right and i think that's where most people probably should stay and check out like a, a bunch of the games so that there, there are still tweaks you can do within the actual um steam ui like i recommend going and into the to the settings and fiddling around with a few things there and, and having a look around. But the biggest thing is, is learning the performance menu. Learning the screen refresh rate, I think, is really key to getting the most out of like the AAA games. Being able to change that from refreshing at 60 hertz to 40 hertz, you'll be able to have a much smoother experience without it stuttering and having like unstable frame rates. That, for me, is probably the biggest place you should be checking, that dot, dot, dot menu in the performance tab. Um, and aside from that, then just uh, just download games and experiment. Just play. Like you've got a whole library, I would imagine, in Steam already. So go check out some of your favorite games and and figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and don't be afraid to like play around with the games that aren't, you know, approved for deck or whatever. Because some of the best experiences I've had are games that were not yet optimized. Right, like. Oh, I've I've had amazing experiences with some that are, have been um, listed as unsupported. Mm-hmm. But if you go on protondb.com, which is a community database rather than one run by Valve, people test it anyway, and they'll go on and post it. And you can post your own experiences, your own tweaks that you had to do in order to get it to work. And there's always someone, because it's someone's favorite game, someone's been able to get it to work. Um, and so I recommend go and check that out. Uh, similarly, good, good um, similarly, it's worth keeping in mind to check out like the community mappings for controllers and stuff like that because there's a lot of great, hundred percent, a lot yeah. of great support there as well. 
Um, and a lot of them, you can like, uh, you can sort them based on how many hours the person has had in the game and stuff like that too. So you can find people who have been like, oh, I played 500 hours. Here's my controller layout or whatever. And it's like, oh, great. Like that's probably and it shows you like the the number of downloads it's had and like the number of hours that the the collective has has played with it. So like you go on to say Oblivion. And there's controller mappings to make Oblivion play like Skyrim because that game was originally designed for a mouse and keyboard in mind. And so you can actually, it actually makes it bearable to play if you really want to play that game. It's still not the best experience because it's a very old game at this point, but you can get through it. But stuff like uh, Age of Empires, there's some great community layouts where it restricts like a cursor to a certain portion of the screen. So the left uh, trackpad is restricted down to the bottom left corner of the screen and it can't move out of a certain area, which means you've got full motion down there for those fine granular controls you want when you're going through and selecting what house you want to build or what building you want to build or selecting which um, infantry you want to spawn, that kind of thing. And then the other D-pad, uh, the other trackpad just allows you to scroll all around the screen. And Steam input on, on the whole is really powerful. If you've got the time and the energy and the capacity, go in and make yourself like a default layout like I have. I've made it so rather than the gyro being activated when my fingers are resting on the, uh, on the sticks, it activates when I hold down the left trigger. And I can override that if I want to. And I know, Pete, you had that same experience on, like, day one where you're just like, what the fuck's going on? I was so confused, um, yeah, because I was playing... One of the first games I booted up was uh, Left 4 Dead 2, because um, that was on the, like, great on deck list, and it's a game that I know really well, so I wanted to try it out and see, like, how's it look, how's it run, you know, like, kind of set expectations for myself. Um, and I was really, like, confused. I was like, man, something's up with these controls. Like, it's like, I keep, my guy keeps, like, jerking his head. Like, what's happening? And I realized that it was, like, whenever yeah. you have your thumbs on the sticks, that's what activates the gyro. So, like, I was holding it, like, at an angle. And, you know, my arm, my hands are just moving a little bit. And my guy's, like, stuttering. I just went and turned that off. And I, I have it turned off completely. Um, so that's the thing I would keep in mind, too, is if you don't like gyro controls, turn it off because they're on by default. And they're very sensitive. Yeah, they are. They, they are, but you can also tweak the sensitivity. I've got mine where it's just fine granular motions for like corrections in shooters, and they work so well. I'm really happy with with the experience with them. And it, it it obviously is personal preference. There's so many device inputs on on the Steam Deck. You've got the additional buttons on the back. You've got the two sticks. You've got two trackpads. You've got gyro. There's a lot you can do with it if you want to, and it is very powerful. Or you can just stick with the default layout or a community layout. It's worth experimenting and seeing what, what works for you, I think. I love that it saves layouts to games, too, so that like you can make a, a, an adjustment. right? Like I had that with like Cuphead, where it's like the default controls of Cuphead I don't think are very good. Um they're not bad, but like the dash and the and the shoot and the jump button are like all on the face buttons and you need to be pressing some of them two at the same time. It just gets weird. It's yeah. so like I always play with the dash on the bumper. So like you could just go in and make those adjustments on the fly and like save a custom layout if you want and it won't go and affect the way that controls work in other games, which is nice. Um I think in terms of you know, like while we're on the the controls thing, right? Like talking about accessories. Um, I think experiment with controllers too, because it the controller support is really good. Um, something that it does that I was particularly impressed with out the box is it recognizes what kind of controller you're using 
and it will adapt things based on that. So, like, for example, uh, if you're using an Xbox controller, that's kind of like the default on PC, right? If you use a Switch controller, it'll be like, hey, we know you're using a Pro controller. Do you want us to switch the button prompts so that A is A and B is B? Or do you want to make it, yeah. do you want to leave it default so that a is or b is a and you know what i mean right so that like you're using it like it was an xbox controller if you want um with the playstation controller when that gets connected it switches all the prompts over to the playstation buttons as well which is like a nice small touch it doesn't work in every game but it it won't work in most of the games because steam input is like a layer above it and will like go in and and you have to like tell the game but a lot of the more modern ones that support steam input rather than x input um do like take advantage of it i know all of sony's games do and what's great is you can also use the trackpad on the um the dual sense or dual shock 4 as an actual trackpad so you can move a mouse around as well so if you've got it plugged into a tv um you, which you can do with a with like a dongle and I'll, I'll put the one we both have and recommend into the description yeah it's just that small little amazon amazon basics, basics USB-C don- it's like 14 bucks that's great yeah. uh pro tip it needs to be powered <laughs> It does need to be powered. I did not know that when I bought it, and I spent a whole day trying to hook it up, and I was like, I don't understand why this isn't working. And then Steve was like, did you have it plugged in? And I did not. So uh, that was that. But uh, yeah, so uh, PSA, plug in a plug in your charger in the uh, USB-C <laughs> dongle. Yeah. Needs, a, needs a bit of power. Needs it's, a bit of power. Similar to a, similar to a Switch dock. It won't work without it. But uh, and then I also recommend one of these guys. Uh, speaking of docks, um, I got a basic um, dock that is uh, built with Steam Deck in mind, but it works for other things as well. You can see here it has a, a grate that matches up with where the fan goes. Oh, that's so it, it keeps it breathing, um, which I like. And it is adjustable, so, like, you can use it for a phone, you can use it for a Switch if you want, whatever. Um, But I think this is a really good thing, because I think if you do have any intention of playing uh, docked at all, um, not having the dock, I think, is is really... It it makes it kind of cumbersome. Like, I don't like the experience of, like, having to plug this in and then plug in a HDMI and a power cable and then like have my my Steam Deck just like sitting somewhere it just like doesn't feel good and I'm the kind of paranoid person where it's like god forbid like yank on the wire by accident or your you know your pet walks by or something one thing it's great for though is uh for Wii U or 3DS games because you can use uh, if you're in desktop mode anyway, touchscreen. I don't know about game mode. You can use the touchscreen, but when you've got it plugged in with the dock, uh, with the dongle, um, you can use both screens at the same time That's in desktop cool. mode. So you can have like the main screen from the Wii U up on the on your TV or your monitor or whatever you're using, and then the the Steam Deck acts as like a gamepad. Love that. Gamepad. I haven't tried really that yet. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, worth checking out. But yeah, I think I think it's just like it's it's a it's again it's like a cheap investment, and I think if you have any intentions of playing it docked or like, you know, um, anything like that, and you want a way to kind of like more comfortably store it in your in your entertainment center, um, I found this to be a really good investment. 
um because yeah. i use it i use it quite a bit and like i'll I'll keep it on my desk like when we're streaming if i'm streaming off the steam deck i pop it in this so that it's not just like sitting around you know things like that i think it just helps keep things organized while we wait for the the proper deck that's another yeah i, I would uh, recommend I, I agree i i would like an official uh dock um, did you see this this one from JS uh, Orcs though this week that they announced? Uh, it's from a French um, accessory manufacturer. They're building a a dock, and I think it's out that um, takes an SSD, takes an M2 SSD card. So when you plug it in, you get access to all of the storage that's in the dock, and you can like transfer games between what's on the dock and what's in your internal storage. It will like mount it. Uh, really cool idea. Uh, really love it as a concept. So I hope um, I hope we can get one to try out at some point because uh, I do like the the idea of it. I think it, uh, ninety nine bucks for the early bird price, Steve. Yeah, that's my only issue with it. They're doing like uh, I think it's an Indiegogo, right? Is it or is it on Kickstarter? I don't know. You're telling me about this product, Steve. I'm trying to learn about it. <laughs> yeah, one of them's like, one of them's like, it's either on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, which I never um, really appreciate. I would rather wait for it to to come out. Um, either way, I think it's uh, I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. This is like part of the fun, I think, too, of the Steam Deck. Right? It's like there's this like whole like the needs right and there's like all these companies that are like out here making like weird custom shit for it to be, to be like oh like is this the next thing yeah it's 130 uh, bucks it's, that's not bad it's it's a cool concept i think with an ssd uh it looks like it's 170 with a one terabyte ssd which is actually a really good price um and then you know if you're using this um, and you want to just swap between a bunch of games you've got downloaded, say you've got pretty bad internet or something, and you've got all the games downloaded, they can store on, and live on that one terabyte um, SSD. I kind of think, though, it's probably best to invest that money into a one terabyte micro SD card or a two terabyte micro SD card. Yeah. Uh, rather than into a dock that that takes this and save your money and buy like a $15 dongle and, uh, and a dock. This thing is cool, wanna, though. I want to get that room. Pretty neat. Pretty neat, Steve. The the only other accessory. Oh um, wow, it's got I an e- it's got an Ethernet port too. The the official Steam Dock does as well. Neat. Yeah, and he's, that Steam Dock needs to hurry up and come out because uh, yeah, because otherwise I'm gonna buy this stupid shit. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go spend three times as much money on somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool though. I like that. That's that's pretty interesting. But yeah, the only other accessory I've bought, which I th- I said, because uh, if if you missed it, all of the Steam decks come with a case, um, and the case is great. You do not need. Yeah, to Yeah, it's a case. good case. It's like uh, the thing I like the most about it is like everything fits in there well, but like it's got that. Um, it's like that hard touch to it where like it really holds its shape you know it's not like the like the launch switch case that was like real soft and like you could oh yeah it's like not really protecting it it like this feels like if you dropped it and it was in the case and it didn't fall a significant amount that it would eat a lot of the shock you know oh yeah absolutely it's got that like like, molded yeah Yeah. it's like perfectly molded to it too right which i like like there's a right way to put it in and it has little divots like that line up with the sticks and everything so that like it really fits in there nice and comfortably 
I still think it goes in upside down because you can't charge the thing while it's in there because the port is on the wrong they side. They probably don't want you to do that, though, is the reason. It, uh, yeah. Because it would I overheat, know. right? Like, you're not supposed to... You're not supposed to charge. That's a very good point that I'd never considered because I always charge my switch in this case when you I'm on holiday. Do that. <laughs> I do it all the time. You overheat it, and, I'm not, and you're not going to stop me. I, I've been doing it for five years. I'm. It's no, never going to change. How very American of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got new information that says this is dangerous. I don't fucking care. Exactly. We're radical individualist. You can't. Years. You can't stop me. <laughs> The, but yeah, the only other accessory I've bought, and it's obviously personal choice, is a glass screen protector, because I worry that I'm clumsy. If I scratch that screen, that's going to annoy the hell out of me for the rest of time, and I'm probably going to have to replace the screen. I'd rather replace a £10 glass screen protector than a £120 screen. Uh, LCD panel that I would need to then go through and take out. So, if you're clumsy, get yourself a nice screen protector. They they barely are noticeable when they're on there, um, and you can even get like uh, matte ones, like the um, the etched glass finish, if you want that. And you bought the lower end Steam Deck. That's cool. Yeah, I I I don't think there are any others that come to mind for me either. That like I think are are things you really need to worry about day one um or anything like that i think i really think the like if you really want to boil it down i think expandable storage is the thing that's the thing that yeah. you need to have a plan for um and it, i think it gets more important the lower priced model you have right if you buy the top end one probably don't have to worry about it for a while um but i think even with the the second tier one that we both agree is is the better buy um, you're going to want to think about a storage solution sooner than later. And I think if you're somebody who is like, you know, you're on the dock for like Q3 or Q4 or whatever, keep your eye out during uh, Black Friday, right? Um, that is like always the best time. I feel like to buy storage is like either like Black Friday or like Amazon Prime Day or any of those like bullshit, you know, kind of annualized sales. Like that's always when you're going to get find the best, deepest deals on uh, on storage solutions and um, pretty much consistently, right? Like I, I, every time I buy memory that isn't like I need it right now for no reason, right? Like it's usually I wait for one of those guys and you can find a pretty deep discount. Usually, um, the, the card I'm using in my steam deck now is, uh, one I bought. It was actually a funny story. Um, Sarah has, uh, you know, we, we both have our, our own switch, right? And I bought her a, an expandable memory card when I got her her Switch and I got like the the smaller one. Um, or I thought I got the smaller one. And then there was a sale and I was like, oh, great. I'll upgrade and get her a better one. And then I realized it was the same storage capacity. And I was like, oh, great. I'm not going to fucking return this. I'll just hold on to it. <laughs> and then I got the Steam Deck and I was like, oh, amazing. Great. I got this for like $40. Like, perfect. You know, it just worked out. Um, so eyes peeled for that for sure. That would be my my advice to you. But I think aside from that, it really just comes down to like what else you plan on doing with it, right? If you want to be able to do the docked thing, if you want to be able to um, experiment with like, you know, maybe the DS or the the Wii U emulation like Steve said, um, that's when you're going to want to think about like the Amazon Basics expansion and and a stand and some of those other more luxury items, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And um you know, like we said on storage, have a think as to what you're going to use it for. But I think I was in 
under the assumption I was just going to use this to play like PC exclusive games, like the little indie titles. I ended up playing a lot more than that because I love this thing. I really love playing games handheld. So if you fall in love with it in the same way that we have, I feel like you you may end up playing a little bit more than you expected. But if you know, like if you've got a big gaming rig at home and you're just like, no, I really do just want to play like Stardew Valley or... Um, uh, I don't know any of those smaller smaller tiles. Like what 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 have you been playing lately? You've been playing so like we've been playing Rollerdrome. You've got Roller the Drone. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection that you're playing. Yeah, Call of the Lamb. All of those things would be perfect on Steam Deck on like a smaller capacity. So those games are like right. It at really home. does depend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think by and large the the stuff that you really want to think about is which model is right for you. And then get your storage locked down, and you'll have a good time. Uh, and remember, if you have any suggestions, if there's accessories, if there are services that you're using on Steam Deck that we didn't mention here, definitely write in and let us know. Questions at flipscreen.games, or come join the Discord and keep the conversation rolling over there. Because uh, I'd love to hear from other folks in the community who have a Steam Deck and like, what are the things you're using? What are the what are the pain points you're looking to solve? And have you found anything that um, that addresses them? Because you know it's 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 the wild west out here right now. So I'm sure that there are um, a couple other solutions and, and interesting things that we've not even heard of yet. Um, so definitely, definitely would love to hear uh, more from folks who um, who are doing that kind of experimentation, or like if you've cracked it open and you know made any replacements or upgrades or anything like that. Like, what are you doing with it? You know, I, we'd love to hear from you. So that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. Thank you for joining us on another episode. Remember. Flipscreen.games, that's the website. If you want to find our other podcasts, if you want to write into the show, if you want to join the Discord, you want to support us on Patreon, that's the easiest place to do it. Head over to Flipscreen.games, and however you choose to get involved, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for being a member of the community, and we thank you for tuning into the Steam Deck Podcast. I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week.